Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We're back today, uh, continuing in 1 Kings. And today we're going to be starting in chapter 18. Yes. And um, we're continuing now. We've gotten into the story of Elijah. Mm-hmm. And um, we've seen him raise this widow's son mm-hmm. and uh, provide for this for her and her son. Her and the son. Uh, and himself. Yes. So the way God has provided yes. is big in, uh, in chapter 17. Yes. And she's taken care of the word of God, as it were, the word of God, which God has moved around uh, and brought to her. And now she has put it first, put the word first, and she survived, she and her son, until her son dies. But then, miraculous resurrection, he's back, and all seems well for her, you know. Um, now she lives outside the land of Israel, um, but we've watched as Elijah, and as God has worked through that whole circumstance leading us uh, up to this moment, keeping Elijah well and bringing him back to Israel after three and a half years of drought. Right. So yes, there's been a drought this whole time and he's been away. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been around Ahab and Jezebel right. this whole time. That's right. But that's going to change with chapter 18. Absolutely. We're going to see. We're about to see him return. One of the most famous stories of Elijah. I think it is absolutely one of the most famous. Easily the one people, one of just a couple that people remember most for sure. And this one just moves straight into chapter 19. They're meant to be seen together. As a matter of fact, I think this one is also meant to be seen, you know, in pretty close connection with 17 too. Um, but we'll but we'll take a look at it kind of on its own here as we walk through it. So, okay. and I don't know that we'll get all the way through. Oh uh, yeah, I think this is such a long story, and there's a lot to it. So, but we will start with 18, one through 19. I think that would be our best place to. To just read through okay. and then kind of take off from there. All right, let's go. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now, the famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we may find grass and save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him. And Obadiah recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go tell your lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say, He is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. And now you say, Go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And as I have gone from and as soon as I have gone from you, 
the Spirit of the Lord will carry you I know not where. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me. Although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now you say, go tell the Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he will kill me. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me, to me at Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Hmm. Well, this is how it begins when Elijah returns to Israel and confronts the king. Now, Elijah, remember, is a prophet to the northern kingdom, so he's returning to this, this the northern kingdom. It's the one that's based in Samaria and the one that never has a good king on the throne. There's never wants a good king on the throne. Um, Elijah is called here and he returns and confronts Ahab after about three and a half years. We talked about last time how we know it's not just three years, but three and a half in two different New Testament books, Luke and James. They both talk about it being 42 months. So we've got a three and a half year period that's gone by, no rain, but uh, God now wants a confrontation sends his prophet as it were um to go and show himself to ahab and i will send rain it says in verse eight uh verse one of chapter 18 so god plans on sending rain and they're suffering yep i I mean it's already telling us they can't yeah ahab is worried about even losing all their animals right having real trouble getting the getting water for the animals so that's why they're going out to look for any bit of water yes yes so that they can save some of the animals yep and so he's taken it he's taken obadiah with him he's going with obadiah it says who was over the household so sort of a chief of staff if you will in uh in the palace Mm -hmm. is who he's got with him it's an interesting thing because he's secretly Yes. Uh, very faithful follower. to God. That's right. And not following their instructions. Very much so. Prophets away that Jezebel wanted to kill. Mm-hmm. Yes. But still being under this Under a household. very evil regime. And trusted, apparently. Yeah, apparently a trusted player in this evil regime. Even though, and, and, and he's using his power and position to do something good for God's people and right for God's people by keeping these prophets alive because that's what we found out he's done he's kept these prophets by 50s two of them two groups of 50s in a cave in caves uh, and fed them with bread and water we see that in verse 4 and so so we know he's a good man and he loves Yahweh and he wants to stay close to Yahweh this really kind of speaks to in many ways our modern culture and anyone who finds themselves in a position under a a well, very oppressive anti-God um, type of atmosphere, but who just feels called to 
do what they're doing uh, for whatever in purpose order to save God's for the people. kingdom of God and for the, his people. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not unlike Joseph mm-hmm. or Daniel and his friends, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right. Not unlike uh, that at all. have these positions under a government that is oppressing mm-hmm. God's people. Uh-huh. And they have positions of power and yes. are being an influence yes. underneath being a the radar. influence. That's right. Uh, not just they didn't consider it their job to try and assassinate the king in the middle of the night or something right. like that. God in fact, they were very the positions. obedient. They were right. very obedient to the king, exactly. Very obedient to the king, except when it came to matters where he would try and force them to, either he would go try or somebody God's under him would try commands. to force them to go against God's commands. Then they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they worked for the king and the, king and the nation's benefit in a way that would and hopefully lead to... Right. Bringing others, saving some, bringing others close to Yahweh. However, that well, yeah. I mean, these are. This is uh, an important principle being said here. God has always worked this way. Yes. And so I find it interesting that we have such a hard time with that today. Yeah, uh, me too. Just because you're in an oppressive regime or an anti-Yahwistic regime doesn't mean that the only way to stand up for Him is to scream from the rooftops that He is number one until somebody comes and cuts your head off. You know, or or you shoot do it you behind dead. the scenes and That's use right. your um, influence. Whatever God positions God's given to you. To do good things. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I, I think that is an important point. I just think point. that's interesting. Yeah. I can hear that. I think you and I can both hear like the parable of the hidden treasure coming out here. Right. We'll have to go over that one day. Right. But folks, uh, sometimes the treasure is hidden. Sometimes the treasure until needs the to be re-hidden right. until right. the time's right. Exactly. Uh, so... Uh, that's what we're seeing uh, with Obadiah and Obadiah is going to uh, walk through the land with Ahab in a sense or at the same time as Ahab but yes such an interesting note in verse 6 right go ahead and read that again for us so they divided the land between them to pass through it Ahab went in one direction by himself and Obadiah went in another direction by himself so because of what we know of Ahab and Obadiah right here, do you think there's more than being said than just their physical directions? Absolutely. Yeah. And I even wondered, if there was a little tension when I was reading it the first time, reading this through mm-hmm. this time, uh, just did Obadiah take the route that would go where he had hidden these prophets? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, Maybe he's going to go by and make sure that, they're okay. And yeah, see, they uh, wouldn't be found. Take I care of them. Who knows? just made a little tension in me because I knew he had done this. And yeah, I'll go this way. I'll check yeah. everything this I'll way, knowing that up. that's where he's... Yeah. You go on that side, I'll go on this Uh-huh, yeah. The spiritual directions, I think, are obvious here that that's what, when we have them both going in different directions, where one is a Yahweh follower and one is a male follower, and that's very obvious. Right. That's what we do know, and I think that's being important and, out here, too. And in this whole chapter, it's dividing who is for Baal. That's right. For exactly. That's Yahweh. what this chapter's all about. They can be living under the same roof, just like they are here. Right. Uh, and so, 18.7 then, and following, Obadiah stumbles across, lo and behold, Elijah. Of course, it's not really a stumble. Elijah making himself known to Obadiah and saying, I'm back, I'm here, go tell Ahab, behold, Elijah's here. Now, Obadiah's scared to death of doing this. Obadiah, whose name, by the way, means slave of Yahweh or servant of Yahweh. Well, that's what his name means. But he is, he is scared 
of saying this. I'm very uh, respectful of Elijah. He knows uh, who Elijah is and the power he has. Yes. All of that, but at the same time, he's like, you just want me to walk up and say, behold, Elijah is here? Uh-huh. I mean, he says that three times. Yes, three times uh-huh. it said, once by Elijah and then yeah. twice by Obadiah, where he repeats it to Elijah. Are you kidding? You want me to say, behold, Elijah is here? Are you kidding? You'll get me killed for sure. He'll kill me because what's going to happen is he's going to come after you and then the spirit's going to take you somewhere just like he always does. You'll be out of here and then he'll come after me because that's what he does. He gets so angry at anybody who can't, you know, produce you. He takes oaths from them, makes them swear that they've never seen you, uh, you know, and so he's he's really on a rant about on a tirade. I, Ahab is about this and he will kill me when I say that. Now, commentator, um, scholar Jerome Walsh also also points out that in Hebrew, this little phrase that Elijah is telling him to say, behold, Elijah is here, go say this to Ahab, can also come out translated just as easily, behold, Yahweh is my God. It could also, I mean, the words themselves could be translated two different ways. So the irony of the phrase is very interesting. Um, and and of course this is gonna that would also be a more even more twist the knife in Ahab to your you know oh by the way Ahab my God is Yahweh but he's such a male follower it's so obvious and everything so uh, these are for multiple reasons he could wind up killing Obadiah this does not look good for Obadiah if this happens I do think that the hiding by fifties and uh, and Obadiah does bring that up hey haven't you heard what I've been doing I've been hiding. Um, people who love Yahweh, in cave, prophets of Yahweh, in cave by 50s. Um, not, it's a note we've already heard before about dividing the people God into this number of people among others. Uh, could be tens, could be 50s, hundreds, thousands. Um, the 50s also shows up again when we get to Mark and the way the people are divided there. Uh, yes, uh, the feeding for the feeding. Exactly, the that's right. Is it the uh, yeah. Yep, it was. And so all of those, those are things that just show, I think these are showing us communities of God's people who even during, whether they're in good flourishing times or oppressive times, these are communities of God's people and how he's made people to kind of bond together and, you know, even in hiding if necessary. Um, 50 is roughly, you know, you'll find them in 10s, you'll find them in 50s, you'll find them in 100s. But here's 50s, just another just another reference uh, to that kind of idea. It's just a, like a, what you call it, a church, you know, just a community of right. people who love the Lord. And so they're being kept here by Obadiah and he's been treating them well and he brings them up to Elijah. Hey, you know I'm a good guy, right? You're sending me to my death here if you do right. this. What's going to happen? But I've been think- good. I yeah. wonder if he's thinking what what will happen to these prophets. Yeah. If I'm not here to take care of them. Yeah, they may die. They're exactly. Get me killed them. And then, and then they what? Will all die. Yeah, absolutely. So he throws that out there to Elijah. But then Elijah ends up in verse 15 reassuring him, as the Lord lives before who I stand, I will surely show myself to Ahab today. So Obadiah does go. He trusts that, okay, you've made me a promise. It seems obviously he'll be here. Yep. But he does (laughs) obey. Yes. And that's the good thing. So he goes to Ahab, tells Ahab. Ahab comes to where, obviously, he hears Elijah is, because he's been looking for Elijah for three years. 
and says, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? Now, we've heard this word troubler before. It's connected to Joshua 7.25, when Achan stole what he shouldn't have stolen from Jericho to try and make himself rich out of greed. Uh, and his whole, all of Israel suffered. All of Israel was defeated in their next battle, which should have been an easy battle. and was not because of this because of spiritual infraction done by one person that became everybody's polluted the whole plight yeah, yeah exactly and so so he's using that phrase on elijah you're the troubler of israel you're the aiken figure here you're the one who's caused all israel to suffer right and then of course elijah turns that around on him hey you're the troubler of israel if anybody hears the troubler it's you you're the aiken figure in this scenario you're the one uh, who has brought God's wrath against Israel by being such a Baal follower. And, and uh, But I have a way that I want to take care of things, and he lays it out to him. Bring all the prophets of Baal and all the prophets of Asherah, and we're going to have a showdown. Showdown. Yep. Showdown yeah. on Carmel. I'm surprised it doesn't say it, honey. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> Absolutely right. To which Ahab agrees. Yes. And so this, this is, he's going to go gather everybody and we're going to see the showdown next uh, but this is this is setting up for really something this is setting up for a big deal so we gotta we gotta keep reading and find out just where this is going it's a it's it's a really important passage for us to see in light of much bigger things that are coming in the future so, okay we will take a look at that now let's go forward as we read 18 20 through uh through 40 i think 20 through 40 So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord given to us. And let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull, and prepare it first, for you are so many. And call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it, and called upon the name of, the, of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and he must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he 
repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with these stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And he said, Fill four jars with water, and pour it on the burnt offering, and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar, and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Let no, not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. There is a lot packed in here, I think, uh, but I think we have to see it mostly in kind of contrast, uh, comparison to what is happening at the cross. This is a cross moment. We've already emphasized that. This is chapter 18 is our Jesus on the cross offering the greatest offering ever made to God that he will accept fully and turn people's hearts back through that. What's happening here with Elijah in this moment which we all kind of once you've heard this story it kind of sticks with you it's one of the things you remember most about Elijah what's happening here with Elijah is a dim shadow of what will eventually happen with Jesus and that would be in the same way that what happened with Moses was a dim shadow of what would happen with Jesus it's one of those big showdowns absolutely the enemy that yeah shows himself to yes. the victim. And of course, the ultimate uh, of that is Jesus. Yes, exactly. And so we are, we're, we're keeping that in mind because everything points to him. And so even as we think back to Moses and we think of him being one man against all the forces of evil arrayed against God's people and yet him succeeding in power, a power around him that God has placed uh, around him and uses around him and this becomes the way that God extracts his people uh, frees his people from their slavery with Moses and from the tyranny of oppressive um, religious regimes also you know Egypt and all of its gods you would think that that would be enough to keep people true to God and yet it wasn't people didn't stay true the people who had seen that were the very ones who became unfaithful and didn't enter the promised land. We had to go through a whole generation they had to die out before they could go in. 
And then we come to this point, and now we know this is another great prophet of Israel. These two prophets, Moses and Elijah, will be the ones who stand on Mount on uh, the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and talk to Jesus. So we know they're very, very significant. We're thinking, why are they so significant? And we come to this point, and we watch as Elijah has another showdown moment with with Israel's if you will, Israel's captors, Israel's slave captors. Now, they don't think of them this way. This is their king and queen. But they've been enslaved to Baal and Astra, to foreign gods and a, an oppressive regime because of them. It's a generation, I say that with mm-hmm. quotes around it, mm-hmm. that has to die again. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't get it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so now they're going to, they're going through this and Elijah shows up and he's going to set them free. And guess what? It's going to be another very powerful moment for God to show himself. It's going to be seen in fire that even burns up stones. Um, And this is an amazing moment that's being shown here in front of the people's eyes. And they're so taken by it. And they totally go with Elijah. And he orders the slaying of these 850 prophets, which they do, which the people do. And yet, immediately, he's running for his life from the king. You'd think everybody would have to acknowledge, oh, yep, Elijah's right. We have to follow Yahweh. And that's it. It's obvious. Everybody and yet, that's exactly what does not happen. It is not enough to make the powers not enough to change our heart. Just this, the visual, the power of seeing how powerful God is, the, whatever it is, is not going to be enough to change hearts. That's not enough. So as we walk through this, there are a few things that we note that are remarkably uh, similar to and contrasting of what happens to Jesus on the cross. Now, we can't not notice the fact that this is happening at the same time of day that Jesus was hanging on the cross. Um, Verse 29 gives us our timeline. This is our 12 noon to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which is the time of the oblation sacrifice. This this sacrifice here, 12 to 3. Jesus is very, we're we're told very specifically about a 12 to 3 in the afternoon uh, with Jesus, and that that's when that that's when things around him are getting very desperate and ugly and there's darkness throughout the land and three o'clock culminates with him crying out to God, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He feels like there that he's the one who's alone. That he's, I mean, that's what we're, we're getting that impression by what he says. I don't really think that's what he feels like, but the simple words he uses, many people would think, oh, is God going to come to rescue him? Let's see. But, but it looks like to many people that he's the one who is getting no attention from this God. Here, it is these prophets of Baal who are definitely getting no attention from their God. And you would think by looking at Jesus, maybe that's what's happening to him. But the true believer knows, no, that's definitely not what's happened. That is not what's happened. But uh, we have that very much strong contrast here. And then we have uh, this, this kind of thing where... These prophets of Baal are cutting themselves and bleeding all over the place, and they're calling out to their God by, and they're showing their allegiance this way. And it's not enough to get Baal's attention. Baal's not coming to their aid. Baal's not here. At the cross, Jesus is the one who's been cut to shreds 
as it were. And and God is paying attention. Of course, God knows exactly what's happening. And Jesus is doing it. Really, frankly, folks, Jesus is the one who's in control the whole time. As we read John, it's always Jesus who's in control. John 10, 18. He's the one who lays his life down because he wants to, because he's doing the Father's will. Um, and so, so we have that here, which is a contrast in Jesus. And, and we're watching as we go down, and we also see that Elijah, Elijah taunts these prophets. Uh, he's the one who's taunting, taunting, taunting in front of the people, these prophets talking about their God and so forth. And, hey, why don't you wake him up? Why don't you see if he's on vacation? I mean, something. And it turns out that that God does use Elijah. And Elijah's God is the one who's going to come to him. But so even though Elijah's right about what he's saying to them, kind of the way he's, you know, approaching this, uh, and yet still the on the, the contrast of the cross... It's Jesus, Jesus the, the one, one taunted. Yeah, exactly. Jesus, you know, in, in our contrast in Jesus, everything's different. Everything's flipped around. And yet that's the way that truly hearts are going to be turned back uh, in Jesus. And so even as we end this uh, portion and we see that Elijah is calling for all the uh, Baal's prophets to be killed and the people do follow him. They're, they're amazed by what they see and they say, yes, Yahweh is God. They're, they're definitely on board with that. They go and they kill the Baal prophets at Elijah's word, at Elijah's command. What we see in Jesus is that those who have been attacking him, he prays for their forgiveness, Luke 23, 34. Jesus prays for the forgiveness of his tormentors and those who are after him. So it just goes on and on. The contrast here are giant and they're huge. And they speak to the fact that here's another, just like the Moses moment, the Elijah moment, both of them won against the masses, both of them winning through power, very great displays of power. But ultimately in both cases, the people of Israel's hearts won't stay true. They just won't stay true. So apparently it's not power and what people can see with their eyes that make people stay close to God. It must be something else. So we're still waiting for that something else by at this time in Kings. But luckily we know what that is. We know where we're headed and what's going to happen yeah. in Jesus. Yeah, that's um, really good to look at those contrasts, I think, especially in a story that we're so familiar with. Yes. With Elijah, this is the big thing that we always think of, this story. But connecting that to... Jesus and how this is a foreshadowing of that showdown mm-hmm. yeah. um, is really good. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention just real quick that mm-hmm. this part where it says uh, Elijah asked the people, how long will you go limping yes. between two different opinions? Mm-hmm. And, so and that's he tells in verse them, 21. You know, like it's a Joshua moment there. It's mm-hmm. like, choose you this day yes. who you will serve. Yes, limping between and, two things. Yep. And then when there was no voice after they built the altar. Right. Uh, they limped around the altar. Verse 26, yeah. Yep. That they had made. And I can't help but think about they're still not choosing. Um, that limping is so, I don't know, there's just such a powerful picture there. Yeah, of it's what a great, we do what we do when we're, when we're not 100% yeah. all in. Yes. God. When we're yes. trying to, Please, man, and please, God. Our walk is not 
good one. It can't be. It can't be because we're not doing the right thing. So we're just limping around. We're not really walking with God. We're just limping around, kind of playing the game between two things, acting like we can still, yeah. So again, I think um, Jesus. This was that moment for us mm-hmm. too when He's on the cross. It's uh, which one are you going to choose? Yes. Stop limping around mm-hmm. and trying to be part of this religious system mm-hmm. and following me you've got to choose to follow mm-hmm. me yes yeah i don't really think they lived here per se just no. like you bringing that up is so good because you, what you're really it's talking about is, is a heart yeah it's a heart issue yeah. this is what they're doing i think that is i think you're 100 right i think that's what this author is talking about he's talking about their problem with their hearts and so he uses this word because it makes such an obvious thing out of the fact that their hearts aren't with god well, there's so much more we could say about this, but we have gone over our time. So. Yeah, yeah, we have. But it's been great to have you. And next time we'll jump into, you know, verse 41 and following here in chapter 18. We're going to keep on going because... because I love this next part. This actually just continues on with the cross and resurrection event. We're going to watch as this... We're not even close to done with how this continues on. So let's keep watching that. Great to have you. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. And we will be talking to you again very soon. God bless everyone.